Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get ready to get blitzed on the Blitz Podcast at TheHuddle.com with your host Steve Gallo and Harley Schultz. Welcome back for another episode of the Blitz Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gallo, of course, joined, as always, by my trusty sidekick, Harley Schultz. Harley, how you doing? Uh, you know, I'm doing pretty good, but as would be expected by a guy who just turned 45 last week, uh, my body's a little rundown. I've got a series of chronic various nagging injuries and whatnot. And you, so you're not going to retire. I'm thinking about you're, retiring. You're not going to retire on me in the middle of this, are you? I, I might have to retire. Uh, of course, I, I won't let you know ahead of time. I'll just... Uh, Wait until our listeners uh, are about to listen to the game, and then I'll tweet it to Adam Schefter and let him twi- uh, post it on Twitter. They can find out that way. You know what? Our listeners are probably thinking, God, these guys came up with this hokey skit. We didn't talk about this. As soon as you know Harley starts talking about how old he is, I'm like, okay, I'm going to hit him with there. Are you going to retire on me mid-show thing? And then you just ran with it. So, like, again, just for our people that don't know, we do not discuss other than, okay, we're going to talk about – Top 10 quarterbacks, top 10 running backs this week. We're going to talk about the flex draft. We don't talk about any other specifics besides that. Exactly. We just happen to be in the same spot, you know, mindset-wise. So, yeah, that's tough, though. I mean, we could talk about it, but I'd rather just throw it over to you because I'm sure it's going to be covered in our (coughs) news bits. So we'll tell everybody this week. What we've got is, of course, we'll be doing the news in a minute. We are going to give you our top 10 quarterbacks top 10 running backs. I'm going to probably bridge that with a few extra guys that almost made it type thing. But then we're going to talk about the flex draft, which was a draft that I participated in in New York City a few weeks ago um, to kick off draft season, actually. It was held live in Sirius XM studio in New York City with a bunch of industry um, guys. And then we'll see what else we have that we can give you that might be able to help you out um, with drafts this weekend as we get ready for the season that's coming upon us. So with that said, I'm just going to throw it over to my man Harley Schultz for this week's Blitzed Podcast News. Thank you, Steve. Andrew Luck shocked the world by deciding to retire over the weekend due to his recent spat of injuries. While Luck has battled a few chronic issues over the last two years, All signs had pointed to him returning and being ready to play at or near the start of this season. This, of course, raised the speculation among the BPN news team that there may be another factor to Luck's decision to hang up his cleats. After interviewing several members of the Colts' starting lineup, we believe that Luck's retirement decision may in fact have been expedited based on starting center Ryan Kelly's decision to change to an all-baked bean diet. (laughs) Over the weekend, the Dallas Cowboys reportedly offered Ezekiel Elliott a contract extension 
that would make him the second highest paid running back in the league. Zeke made it clear today that he is interested in the deal, as he stated that he wants to remain a cowboy for the rest of his life. There you go, Jerry. If you want to re-sign your Pro Bowl running back, simply offer him the Bobby Bonilla contract. The Houston Texans are shopping Jadavion Clowney due to an ongoing contract dispute. News broke this weekend that Houston is seeking a wide receiver in any deal for the pass-rushing defensive end. The BPN News assignment desk was slightly confused as to why a team with DeAndre Hopkins, Will Fuller, and Kiki Kute would be shopping for another wide receiver, especially since that same team has one of the worst offensive lines in football. Apparently, the real clowny in this deal is Houston's general manager. <laughs> also out of Houston, Lamar Miller tore both his ACL and MCL, effectively ending his season before it even began. This, of course, raises the question with, will the Texans trade additional draft capital to acquire another running back after already trading draft picks to acquire Duke Johnson this preseason? All signs point to Houston wisely riding with the Duke as the lead back going into the season. That said, rumors have already begun to bloom that the team may pursue a potential cap casualty such as LaShawn McCoy or Carlos Hyde. That the team is even considering one of these retreads instead of giving Johnson the keys to this offense just further highlights the dysfunction that exists in Bill O'Brien's brain. And finally, Jordan Reed sustained a concussion during his game this weekend. With this announcement, BPN News can clearly state that Reed is healthier than he has been in 10 years. This has been your BPN News update. Yeah, so I don't know if you did that on purpose or not, but you know, you bashed on the Texans GM that they don't have. Exactly. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> Uh, you're you're in midseason form already. That's all. Thank you. So, do you want to just jump right into the quarterbacks? You know, I've been waiting all week. I can't wait to get into the quarterback ranking. Oh, you, you, I mean, you, you just can't wait. You can't wait. You can't wait to just announce the quarterback you want so very early. I mean, we we all know that you're going to be taking Pat Mahomes in the second round of all your drafts, right? First. So, I'm going to tell First you something. Round. Wow. I, I was thinking about this when I was putting together my quarterback rankings, and. Look, like you said, we're being funny. There's no way I'm drafting Pat Mahomes, right? I don't care if Pat Mahomes is on the board in the seventh round. If no other quarterback's off the board, I'm still not going there, right? So that, that's, your, that's your style, yes. So I've been thinking about creating a new style of ranking. And let's see if my old mind can remember the name that I was going to give it. Um, but I'll explain it first, and then I'll try to remember it. Uh, it was market value rankings, right? MVR. Okay. Basically, let's just use this as an example. I'll say that I have Dak Prescott as my number one ranked quarterback. Because you believe that based on what he's going to return, based on his market, his, his ad, average draft position, yes, he is the guy that you're most likely going to take at that point. Correct. So if DeAndre Hopkins or Julio Jones are my number one or number two wide receiver when I look at projections, but I believe that Curtis Samuel is going to have 80% of what they do and you get him X number of rounds later, I want to try and create a metric that allows me to show, to show me that says 
Samuel is your target, right? Then you use exactly. that in conjunction with ADP, and you know, I'm going to pull the string early on this guy so I don't miss him because he's going to give me better value than selecting Hopkins in round one. Well, I think we uh, we try to hit on it a lot every every week here during the preseason, and that's that uh, if you're in a league that only requires you to start one quarterback and that you cannot legally start a second quarterback, such as a, a super flex or two-quarterback league, the, the difference in value between your top two and three quarterbacks and, and your 13th, 14th, and 15th quarterback uh, based on average points per week is going to be minimal in comparison to if you were to rank the top two or three running backs or top two and three receivers and the 14th or 15th on that list. Yep. So anyway, that's doing this process has made me think about that. I've thought about it in the past. It'd be something that's really probably difficult for people to get a handle on honestly. Um, but I think that there's value in something like that. So that's something maybe I'll have to work on during the off season next year. Um, and maybe I can have it ready for 2020. Who knows? Exactly. Well, uh, based on that, then did you actually rank the top 10 quarterbacks or did you rank your top 10 quarterbacks? No, I ranked them the way everybody else ranks them. So if you want, I can give you my top five and then my bottom five after. Well, let's, let's predict the number of matches first. Okay. I'm, I'm going to say we've got, Two matches. Well, I think that's low. I think we match more than two. Even though you know me, I like to be crazy. I think we go over, above two. I, I think I might be a little crazy on this quarterback list, though. So. Because I'm guessing we're at least going to match with Mahomes at one. Mahomes at one is is going to be the obvious one of the two matches, I feel. And uh, okay. it, realistically, for we don't have to go into this too much detail, Pat Mahomes is in a tier all of his own. It's really not close. Uh, based on standard scoring... He scored an average of five or six points more per game each week than the next closest quarterback last year. That works out to well over 100 more total points on the season. Uh, if you're going to waste a high pick on a quarterback, Mahomes is the way to go. Obviously, if you're in super flex, Mahomes is far and away the way to go, and you go very, very early then. So I believe that I've said this in passing without much fanfare on Twitter years ago, a few years ago, whatever and I'll, I'll rehash it now, you'll hear people say that quarterback's deep, right? It is. It really is. And But you'll like you just said that Mahomes is in a tier of his own. But I think a lot of people would say, well, there's three or four guys in that tier, or there's five or six guys in this tier. What happens now, because everybody is so good, we'll say, I actually think your top tier shrinks, right? It doesn't yes. expand. So if everybody's just really good, whoever is extremely good should be in a tier by themselves. So we get to find out which quarterbacks truly are elite with all apologies to Joe Flacco. Yes. But you know what? I've never faulted Flacco or Eli. I think if you're a starting quarterback or starting anything in the NFL, you better think you're the best at your position. Exactly. So with that said, yes, we'll go you're going to, I'm going over. I'll tell you that my first one is Patrick Mahomes, so there's a match. Um, to round out my top five, I have Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, Matt Ryan, and Baker Mayfield. Oh, boy. Wow. We are a perfect five for five. Get out of here. Come on. And I, I thought for sure we would have some mix and match in there. Uh, I did go with Aaron Rodgers at two. I'm a little concerned about the coaching change. But when you look, when you break it all down, his offensive line is better than Watson's. 
That's, so he gets a slight bump over Watson for me. That's exactly how I looked at it. I had three tiers in these first five. Mahomes first, then it was Rodgers and Watson, and then it was Ryan and Baker. And what put Rodgers above Watson for me was the offensive line, as well as the same thing that was why I went Ryan over Baker. Ryan's in a more established offense, has a better offensive line. We know what to expect. Baker could be right there with him, but that's how I split the hairs to get that, that order. Well, I, I actually gave some thought to bumping Ryan up actually over Watson and Rodgers I did too. myself. I, did I think too. he's going to have a huge season this year. He gets his offensive coordinator back. He plays nearly every single one of his games either indoors 13 or in or 16. a warm weather season. I think he's 13 warm. of 16 indoors this year, something like that. And, the, and most of the other ones are in warm weather conditions too. So weather's not going to be a factor there for him. He's got two stud receivers on the outside. He's got a very good third receiver Mohamed Sanu, he's got quality tight end, an okay offensive line, uh, a good running game to back him up. Good running game that catches the ball well, too. Actually, if we were going to do my MVR rankings, he probably would be near the top, if not the number one quarterback. Uh, and, and with Baker Mayfield, I mean, just he's got to be moved into the top five right now. I mean, he looked incredible as a rookie last year. Now he has a true number one wide receiver to work with. I, it, the sky's the limit right now for Baker. Uh, may, maybe the only thing that's going to hold him back is if his britches get a little too big for him. Nah, if anything holds him back, it's going to be that offensive line. That's the part that scares me about the team, actually. Okay. So we we blew away the two that we picked that I picked three feet. So yeah, I've got we've never uh, done five, six or ten. We've never done five for five on anything. Exactly. Not even 0 for 5, I don't think. I don't know, maybe 0 for 5. <laughs> All right. You go, why don't you take 6 through 10? Exactly. Uh, and number six, and, and it, I just want to preface this too, six through ten, uh, this story gets getting to that point where it's like six through 15 are all very close. Yep. So for me, six is Carson Wentz. Uh, big question mark with him is if he can stay on the field. He has more weapons in the passing game than any other quarterback in the entire league. Plus, he's got a very good offensive line there. Uh, seven, Russell Wilson. Uh, he can run the ball. He can throw the ball. Uh, his wide receiver core is shorthanded right now, so that's probably the only thing that bumps him down a little bit uh, out of that top tier. But in the end of the season, he's going to have a pretty good line. Uh, number eight for me is Jared Goff. Uh, Sean McVay is the smartest man in the room, and he'll tell you that. And, and Goff is great as long as Gurley is on the field with him. So that's the big question mark that kind of weighs him down this year. Uh, number nine, I've got Big Ben Roethlisberger. His home stats alone are better than half of the league's quarterbacks. Just remember, pick up another quarterback so you don't have to start Ben when he starts on the road because they're atrocious. Uh, number 10 for me is Jameis Winston. It's a make-it-or-break-it year for Winston. He has all the tools. He has all the weapons. And this year, he has no one looking over his shoulder ready to take his job. So we matched on two of those. So we're 7 of 10. 7 out of 10. Wow. Except I have somebody in my top 10 that you don't, and vice versa. Um, my number six is Cam Newton, and I've actually toyed with pushing him down based on that foot injury. I have Russ at number seven, just like you did. And with Russ, I think he's another one of those guys that could be right at or with Matt Ryan if I was doing the value ranking, right? Mm -hmm. um, then I've got Wentz. I wouldn't have any problem putting it Wentz, Russ, Cam, Cam, Russ, Wentz, Russ, Wentz, Cam. Like, they're all that close, like you said. Um, and he's got a great offensive line. 
I have golf at eight. Um, where I'm sorry, I have golf at nine. You have him at eight, and then I have Jameis at ten. Um, I think that they they have to throw the ball in in Tampa this year. They don't have much of a running game. More than likely, it might just barely be enough to get them by. Um, but guys that just missed that I think are great values too. And these aren't necessarily 11, 12, 13, 14, et cetera. For me, guy like Dak Prescott, a reason you don't have to reach in a draft. Um, Breeze. I actually thought I was going to get Breeze in the flex draft with my last pick in the last round, and a couple of people took some backups, and didn't, that didn't happen. Um, but I really thought that was a possibility. And then a guy that really I wanted to find a spot for him in the top 10. It's one of those risk-reward things, and that's Lamar Jackson. To me, the risk is just too high to put him there, but the reward's there. Like, if you look at what he did last year in six games when he started, he was on pace for basically a, he would have been a top nine or ten quarterback. His, his averages that would have extrapolated out, he did his pass for just under 2,500 yards. He'd had 16 passing touchdowns, 1,242 yards rushing, and eight touchdowns, right? Mm-hmm. If you take and just extrapolate him out, or project him this year for, say, 2,900 passing yards, you would have to expect he's going to get a little better in his second year, right? Exactly. 800 rushing yards, maybe that's a little high. I don't know that it is, though. 600 would be his definite low, I would think, right? So, but say 800, 19 passing TDs, do you think that's something that's really out of the realm of possibility? Not at all. And then six rushing touchdowns. If you do that, you come up with 308 fantasy points if you're getting a point for every 20 yards. That's going to put him right around quarterback 9 or 10. Yep. So, but just, man, his, the, the passing game scares me with him. Well, so I'll mention the guys who just missed the ball for me. Um, you, you mentioned Cam. Uh, I actually would have had him ranked at number 7 if it wasn't for the injury. Uh, that injury scares me a little bit more than it probably should. It sounds like he's going to be ready for week one. Uh, he may not be quite as mobile the first couple weeks, which could take away some of his running value. Uh, and realistically, he doesn't have to be. Uh, I have Philip Rivers just missing out on the top 10. Uh, he's old Mr. Reliable. You can always yep. get him in your draft after round 10, which is great value because every single year, uh, with the exception of my two seasons in his entire career, he hasn't thrown for more than three times the number of children he has. Uh, Tom, <laughs> Tom Brady just misses out. Uh, the GOAT loses Gronk this year. He loses Chris Hogan. He gains back Josh Gordon once again. Plus, he still has Giselle, so that's kind of a victory mm, for watch him. Watch out for Matt Lacoste, too. I like Lacoste. He's an interesting sleeper at the tight end position. I know he didn't, he didn't make my top ten, obviously, last week, but... Uh, I could see him having a breakthrough season there, too. Uh, Dak Prescott, you mentioned Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Well, so there's a couple good running quarterbacks out there this year. Lamar Jackson, Kyle. Josh Allen, Kyler Murray. Yep. Well, Dak Prescott has the same run skills as all three of those guys, but he actually also has a better arm, and he's got reliable wide receivers, and uh, they have a good offensive line. Yep. So there's... I mean, if you like Lamar Jackson and you like Josh Allen and you like Kyler Murray, then you should like Dak Prescott that much more. And it, the risk-reward factor with Dak is a lot less on the risk side. Exactly. Uh, Drew Brees is the other guy who just missed out on me. Uh, Rivers, Brady, Brees, yes, they're all old, but each of them has one more year, year in their tank where they're going to be decent. Yep. Okay, good enough. Ready to move it on? 
Well, as always, uh, people uh, should probably look at running backs early in their draft. Uh, we had some interesting news with a few running backs this year, so it might affect our rankings a little bit. Uh, I'm going to say that we've got one, two, three. I'm going to say four matches based on the quarterbacks. So this is tough because the top four are usually very interchangeable. So it could be easy to get all four or wind up zero for four. I'm going to go. Exactly. Over, I'm going to go the over again. I'm taking. I'm taking the over. Okay. Do you want me to start this time? Sure. Okay. So uh, my number one has flip flopped a couple different times this off season. As, as has mine. Uh, most of this off season, I had Christian McCaffrey listed at number one. And right now. I've moved Elvin Kamara up to number one. Kamara is the best combination of both rushing and receiving skills among that top tier. Plus, he has a premium quarterback, and he has no more Mark Ingram. We saw a little taste of what Kamara was capable of last season during the start of the year when Ingram was suspended. Make no mistake about this. Latavius Murray is nothing more than a handcuff. He is not going to take on the Mark Ingram role on that offense Kamara is going to be a bell cow back and a very strong bell cow back. Uh, so I did slide Christian McCaffrey down to two. He's actually probably a better pass catcher than Kamara, but Kamara has the advantage on the ground. And I think the issue with Newton's injury drops McCaffrey's value a little bit, particularly if Newton misses the first week or second week uh, due to that injury. And number three, uh, again, this is kind of for me, the top three tier is pretty set. Uh, Saquon Barkley. There's the good news. No one else on the team to steal his touches. No. The bad news, there's no one else on the team to steal his touches. Uh, so he's going to be facing possibly 10 men in the box most of the time. That could certainly hurt his overall rushing numbers, but he's still going to be part of the passing game. Uh, they may also turn the ball over to Daniel Jones at some point this season. And while he has looked good this spring, he's still a rookie quarterback. Uh, for me, number four is David Johnson. Kyler in that offense is still a work in progress, but Johnson really has no competition in the backfield on any down. He's going to be out on the field every down until it's the end of the game, and they might give Chase Edmonds a few carries. But again, Chase Edmonds, purely a handcuff, not really a threat to Johnson's touches. And number five for me is the mercurial Ezekiel Elliott. If he and Jerry can kiss and make up, Zeke might jump up to number two or number three on my list. But until he actually signs on the dotted line, I've got him dot five. So that totally obliterated any chance of going over that four count. Um, I have CMC at number one. I have Barkley at number two, and I have Kamara at number three. And truthfully, if you put a gun to my head and said change it and have me change it every possible way, I wouldn't argue with you on any of it. They're that close. And the thing with Zeke is I'm sure people will say, well, how do you have him at four still? with the holdout, right? Well, guess what? He's four because of the holdout. Otherwise, I would have him at one. If he was in camp right now, he would be my number one running back. Because you know what? There's nothing, nothing's ever a sure thing at running back in the NFL, but Zeke's about as close as you're going to get if he's running behind that line and he's ready to go. At the end of the day, I probably should still have him at one because I really don't think he's going to miss any time. And even if he did miss a week or two, so what? Do, I mean, do you really ever expect any running back to play a full slate? You hope they do. but So that's why I've got Zeke at four, um, and I wouldn't fault anybody for taking him higher. It's a little risk-reward, but I baked in the holdout 
to my four ranking. At five, I've got a guy who you probably have in your bottom five in the top ten, and that's Nick Chubb. Well, it's interesting you mentioned Nick Chubb because he just missed my top five. I've got him at number six. Uh, no Duke Johnson, no Kareem Hunt until later in the season. You know what? When you put those two things together, that gives rise to Chubb for me. And he's going to be catching, supposedly going to be catching the ball a little bit more this year also. Again, no one else in the uh, – can can you name for me the backup there? Something Hilliard, right? Yes, that is it, Mr. Hilliard. Exactly. <laughs> Not a threat. Not a threat at all. Obviously, uh, if you do take Chubb, you probably should hedge your bet with Kareem Hunt in rounds like 12 or 13. The nice thing about that is you don't have to waste a 7th or 8th round pick on Chubb's handcuff. You can wait till that long to get Hunt. That is true. And that's also probably, if I was doing those MVR rankings we just talked about, a guy like Chubb would be near the top for me possibly because you are getting him – late in the second round in a lot of drafts. And I bet a lot of home leagues, I bet he slips into the third round at times. Um, well, it's crazy because people just see the letters CLE next to the name. Yeah. And it, it, it's just ingrained in your head that Cleveland is a den of mediocrity. Well, they aren't this year. They're an offensive juggernaut this year. And Nick Chubb is going to be the primary ball carrier for that offensive juggernaut. Yep. So who do you have on the back end of your top 10? Okay, behind Chubb, I've got uh, Le'Veon Bell at seven. I, I believe that even Adam Gase cannot screw up Bell's every down talent. Uh, they've got a young developing offense around him. Obviously, he needs help on the offensive line there. That offensive line is very, very bad. Uh, but Bell was actually effective for a couple of years there in Pittsburgh before Pittsburgh's offensive line got better. So we know that he can do it with a subpar line. Uh, he's got weapons around him. I think he's going to be just fine. Number eight, the, I think these two are kind of interchangeable. Bell and Bell's replacement in Pittsburgh, James Conner. Conner was one of the best running backs in the league until he suffered an injury late last year. Samuels, Jalen Samuels, he didn't really steal touches from James Conner. Conner got hurt. And then afterwards, they basically let Conner play a little bit less to keep him healthy for the last part of the season. I don't think Samuels, I don't think Snell are really a big issue there. I think Connor is still going to produce great numbers. That's why I've got him eight. Number nine is the shocker for all of our listeners. I'm going with Leonard Fournette. The Jacksonville Jaguars have a great defense. They have a legit quarterback for the first time in nearly a decade. And Leonard Fournette is giving opportunity for three down opportunity for the first time in his career. The big question mark with Fournette is, can he stay healthy and stay on the field? I think he will. And even if, again, even if he misses one or two games, I think the fact that he's going to be on the field for three downs is going to catch more passes this year with no TJ Yeldon there. I think he's in for a big season. And number 10, 10 was a hard call for me. There's lots of guys who are kind of in the same grouping again. I'm going with the guy who's been there, done that before, and that's Todd Gurley despite his knee. He's going to get a little bit more break time this year to preserve those knees, but no one in the league is better inside the five-yard line than Todd Gurley. So, wow. Um, we're 0 for 10. Wow. 0 for 10. I guess that's payback for the seven quarterbacks, right? I guess it is. Um, you know what? Two of your guys didn't even make my top 10. Fournette and Gurley? Fournette and Gurley. Um, I am seriously concerned about Gurley's knee and, you know, how he's going to manage that and what that's going to mean. Um, 
he'll still have value and you might get top 10, 12 production out of him. I just see too much risk in it. So why go that way? Especially it's not an arm. You know what I mean? It's a knee and a running back needs their legs. So at six, I've got a guy who I like as much almost as I like Nick Chubb. And I had him this high before his 85 yard touchdown run. It has nothing to do with it. And it's Dalvin cook. Um, I do think that, They're going to run the ball more in Minnesota this year. Um, That's one of the reasons I'm not as high on Adam Thielen. If you look at the second half of the season versus his first half, I do still like Stephon Diggs. But because of all that, I really do like Cook a lot more. Um, I don't like that they've got Madison and Boone who could siphon some touches if they decide that they don't want to wear him down. Um, but I, I just I like Cook a lot. I think this is the year we see him put it up. As soon as you said, I'm going with a guy that's done it before, I knew you weren't picking Cook for your top 10. Um, but I've got him at six. I actually have Cook at number 11. So. Okay. Um, I've got DJ at number eight. I'm sorry, DJ's at number seven for me. Then I did the same as you where you had Lev and Connor seven, eight. I have him eight, nine. So splitting hairs. Um, and at number 10, I have a guy that most people are taking a lot later. I'm sorry. I think this dude is, he's got more than top 10 upside. I think he's got top five upside. Um, and that's Chris Carson. It is the Chris, Yo, Car- got- it is the Chris Carson show in Seattle. If you want to handcuff <clears throat> him with Rock, with Rashad Penny later in the draft, go for it. But Penny is not going to siphon value from him unless something happens to Chris Carson. It's comical. You mentioned those two. Uh, Delvin Cook, I had at number 11. He absolutely beasted this weekend on that 85-yard touchdown run. Uh, he needs to avoid the fluke injuries, obviously. And there's still some question marks about the Minnesota offensive line. Uh, they did not look good in pass protection. But they actually looked pretty decent when they were run blocking this week. So I, I think that Delvin Cook is in for a good season. I, I'm not at all concerned about Madison or Boone. Uh, I consider Madison a must-have handcuff, though, if you have Cook. And again, I've got Chris Carson at 12. Okay. Uh, if, Pen- if Penny wasn't on the roster, I would have had Chris Carson in my top 10 also. Okay. Um, so, guys, a couple guys that just missed out for me, and I really wanted to find a way to get them in there, and I just couldn't do it. Um, I think Devontae Freeman, I think we mentioned him last week a little bit. I think he's underrated. He's in for a good year. As long as he st- Look, you can say this with every running back, if he stays healthy, right? Yes. Um, I, ha- I have him at 11. I have Carrion Johnson at 12. Um, I do believe that Detroit's going to run the ball a lot. Then for me, these guys aren't necessarily in this order, uh, but they're in this group. Aaron Jones in Green Bay, Sony Michelle, Melvin Gordon. We have, as a community, completely discounted Melvin Gordon, right? He's, he's gotten like markdown after markdown after markdown. Like he's, he's going in the sixth round of some redraft leagues he's, right now. he's in the clearance bin, but yet Zeke has barely got a ding based on his value. And they're both doing the same thing, right? Yep. So, I, Well, and I think Zeke has more uh, potential power in this too. Gordon has to return at some point this year. Yes, he does. And, and I think he will. Now, he may miss a game or two or three, but if you can get Gordon after the third or fourth round and or even in that range, I can't fault you for doing it because, again, you're not – counting on those running backs to play 16 games anyway. He's, he's got top five running back potential. He does. And if you get them at that point, and if you situate yourself so that you can get through those first, say four weeks, at two and two, right? Yep. Imagine plugging Gordon Gordon in as a running back three, as you go down the stretch and into the playoffs. 
just don't waste a high pick on him if you're in a guillotine league. True. Now, Fournette and Gurley. <sighs> Gurley just is – he's in a spot where I'm just never going to get him, and I'm not going to tell somebody they should get him. I'm truly concerned about Gurley. I can't say that there's not some upside there, but the risk is just too much for me. Fournette, I'm just going to say, I, I can't put a good value on Fournette. I don't know what to do with him. I see the plus in, okay, make catch more passes, third down, a three down back. I see the minuses being, is he going to do something stupid and get suspended again? <laughs> so, you know, I, I just, is Nick Foles going to be a plus for that offense the way it looks like he will, or are we going to see more struggles in Jacksonville? When we do our, maybe we'll do some picks next week um, with who we think is going to make the playoffs and stuff like that. I'll tell you right now, last year, remember I said the Bears were a playoff team and, and yep. people probably thought I was crazy. I'm going to say I think Jacksonville is probably the one that goes from last to first this year and, and wins um, their division. Well, they don't have a lot of competition right now. That is true. It did get lighter. So so that's, where, that's what I uh, have. You mentioned a lot of the same guys I did there in the just missing section. Uh, I've got on Johnson at 13. Uh, Theo Riddick is out the door, which will open up the three-down roll for Johnson. Uh, the big issue I have with carry-on this year is I'm concerned a little bit about game script there, yeah. potentially taking him out of the, out of the game if uh, if and when Detroit falls behind, which they're prone to do. I do have Devonta Freeman at 14. Uh, face the facts, folks, I love Edo Smith. Edo Smith is not as good as Tevin Coleman. If Freeman can stay healthy, He's going to be the primary back there. Ito is just going to be change of pace at and, best. And Ito may, and, may, may lose his job to Hill. Ito doesn't even exactly. get a guaranteed job. So. And, and lastly, I, I gave a token 15th ranking to Damian Williams, who currently is listed as the number one running back on the best offense in football. Uh, obviously, if you take Damian Williams, you have to waste a seventh or eighth round pick on Darwin Thompson, which is a little bit more than you want to normally waste on a – quote-unquote, backup running back. But uh, when, when you're taking Thompson to pair with Williams, it's kind of like taking Daryl Henderson as insurance against Gurley. You're insuring a high-end running back with a running back who would produce high-end numbers if they stepped in place of them. So since you said that, I will say this. This is one of the things I like about Melvin Gordon. If you draft Melvin Gordon and you want to get a handcuff for him, everybody's going to say it's Austin Eckler. He's first in the pecking order, right? Yep. I'm not going to spend that extra draft capital on Austin Eckler. I'm not saying that he's not going to do well in Gordon's absence, but I want, to, I want a little more value. Justin Jackson has value as long as Gordon holds out, right? Yes. And if something happens to Eckler, then he's got real good value. He's got bell cow type value. But to me, that's the true handcuff because you can get him later. The cost isn't as much. And the value is attached to when Gordon comes back, guess what you can do? You can cut Jackson. If you have Austin Eckler, he's eating a roster spot. You're not cutting him, even if Gordon comes back, because he's, he has flexible you know, status where you can use him in your flex spot. I just don't like taking him as early as you need to take him now. And it's too bad because, I mean, last year, Eckler proved himself to be a great back that you could get in round 9 or round 10 and use as that potentially third running back or fourth running back in a flex situation uh, on a week-to-week basis when the matchup was appropriate. But now you have to use a fifth or sixth round pick to get him. So, again, he does lose that implied value that comes with his pick. Uh, again, the only real balance you're getting from that is we all know that Gordon is going to come back at some point this year. When Gordon comes back, like you said, 
Jackson's value is going to be nil. When Gordon comes back, Eckler is going to have some value uh, again still, but it, yeah, it, it, I don't know if the means justify the ends for that or vice versa with that. Jackson, obviously you're getting a lot lower than you're getting Eckler. So if you are handcuffing, I agree, go with Jackson. If you want to get the guy who's probably going to be the every week starter until uh, Gordon comes back, use the sixth round pick on Eckler, but I wouldn't go above that on him. Okay. So that does it for our rankings. We've now covered running back, quarterback, wide receiver, and tight end, giving you our top tens in each, some fringe guys, some breakout possible guys, some stay away guys, etc. cetera. Um, so with that, last week we talked about the Scott Fishbowl. This week we said we were going to talk about the flex draft I took part in, right? Exactly. Now uh, let's start this off by, why don't you explain to our listeners what the Flex League is? So what the Flex League is, it's a league that was created by Jake Seeley and David Gonos. Um, I believe it was Gonos who came up with the idea for the word Flex, which is an acronym, Fantasy League of Experts is what it is. And over the years, we've had multiple drafts. There's auctions, there's the PPR, there was standard. Um, This year, this is a half PPR league. Um, usually there's a celebrity in it. Um, this year, the celebrity was Eric Young. He's been in it before. He's actually won this league. I've won it in the past. Um, so it's 12 guys. It's a snake draft. And what's kind of cool is they let the person that just missed out on making the playoffs last year, the, the highest finisher that didn't make it in, select their draft spot. And that was, well, now, I think you're kind of burying the lead here. You, you say 12 guys. Now, we're, we're truly talking 12 fantasy experts, 12 of the yeah, I don't like most that. potent names in, in the realm of fantasy football. I, I don't like the word expert, honestly, but, you know, I get it. I, I, I usually say in this industry professional, but experts, much better way of putting it for some, some people. So I'll let you say that. I won't say it. How's that? Well, again, applause to you for standing up to the likes of Jamie Eisenberg and... <laughs> Oh, just quickly looking over the list here. Brandon Funston from TheAthletic.com. Very, very strong knowledge on football. You've got uh, Jeff Hasley, one of my personal favorite reads from Football Guys. And uh, it's it's you. You're representing the huddle. And I'm glad to say that uh, you are a former champion. Yes, I am. Um, 2017, took it down. And this year, drafting from the same spot as I did in 2017, my draft almost kind of mirrored the way my draft did that year. That year, if you remember, um, Todd Gurley was falling to the 2-3 turn. Yes. And even then he was falling into the third a lot of times. I had high expectations for him, and I remember I took him and DeAndre Hopkins at the 2-3 turn, and those two were key integral parts that helped me take home the championship to the point where I don't even remember who my first pick was. I had the first overall pick. I don't remember. Well, now, here's something I'd like to bring up with the makeup of your roster here. Sure. I think this is a very important lesson for people who are going into their their redraft-style leagues this year. So looking at your running back position, you've got several of the players that we've talked about in the running back rankings. So you've got Christian McCaffrey, you've got Melvin Gordon, you've got Damian Williams, and you've got Justin Jackson and Alexander Madison's two, two backups there. Yep. Now, looking at that list, four of those running backs – Share a week 12 buy. Can you tell us a little bit about your strategy with that? That you, I'm hoping that you'll lead uh, down a certain path with this. So here's what I'll say first. Let's let everybody know there's 10 total starters, okay? 
one quarterback and one defense. So that means that you have to start a combination of eight running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends. You have to start at least two running backs during the week, three wide receivers minimally, and one tight end. So here's what I'll tell you about that. I do not look at bye weeks when I draft. And if I had to, honestly, I'd probably like to take all my buys in one week. Give me a fully loaded team for every week except for one. I'll be happy about that. So week 12, our teams usually look a lot different than they do preseason. So the running back position will get addressed as needed as we go forward. I'm not so concerned about it right now. I actually kind of hoped you would channel down that pathway. Very important lesson to learn if you're in redraft leagues. Uh, Don't overvalue bye weeks. Do not really, uh, again, by the time your bye weeks come around, your team's going to look a lot different than it did. But one thing that you can look at, though, is sometimes it's kind of nice to have a bunch of players that have a late buy because then you don't have to even worry that much about some of them until then. Yep. And more than likely, I'll wind up dropping a wide receiver at some point. Somebody won't work out. And, you know, or maybe if Goddard is not doing anything and, and Ertz is still healthy, that's an easy drop if I have to. Or who knows? Maybe I'll drop my quarterback, quarterback and not play one. Well, speaking of wide receivers. I think it's clear to say that wide receiver is probably your weakest position on your team. Uh, you've got a lot of uh, guys who I like from a sleeper standpoint, guys like Anthony Miller of Chicago, uh, Sammy Watkins in Kansas City, and I think we talked briefly last week about D.D. Westbrook, who has looked very, very good this preseason so far. Yeah. Uh, but you also have a couple of question marks in, in, in A.J. Green and Golden Tate, both of whom are going to miss at least the first quarter of the season. So here's where the draft kind of goes off the rails. And here's the other thing to remember. Basically, in this league, it's not a best ball. We we manage this. But it's first or nothing, right? Yes. So so this is where if you're going to take the risk for the upside, you take the risk. And you don't worry about how much because you're not like, well, second place will still pay me X dollars or something. No, it's first place or nothing. So when I get to the 2-3 turn, Melvin Gordon's still there. I still don't believe he's going to miss much time. And if he doesn't, I can start three running backs. Not a problem. That'll offset what I do at wide receiver. Um, But that's when I took him, I knew that then I need to get some of the guys I like and grab them early or hope some value falls to me. And in round four, it couldn't have gone much worse for me because Tyler Lockett, who went as wide receiver 20, one pick ahead of me, you know I have in my top 10. I thought for sure he was making it to me. When he didn't, I had no plans of taking Evan Ingram or a tight end in the fourth round, but I needed a receiver. And I honestly feel like Evan Ingram, to start the season, is going to have wide receiver-type value with Golden Tate being out. And I do think that we'll still get solid value from him the rest of the year. Remember, last year I wasn't high on Ingram. I thought he was being overdrafted. This year I think he's actually a value. Um, But I took him a little earlier than I wanted to. Because Lockett didn't make it to me, now I really got to go for broke at wide receiver and take some risk. We weren't sure how long A.J. Green was going to be out when this draft happened. We figured it would be at least one or two weeks into the season, maybe four at most. Um, I took A.J. Green, again, knowing that, you know what, players miss time. I'll take him out the first quarter of the season and be able to plug him in going forward. We've got an IR spot, so I'll be able to put him on IR and pick up another player. Um, But then I kind of went a little tilt there. And coming back at me, again, a lot of the guys that I looked at that I wanted to make it to me, Alshon Jeffrey, um, Corey Davis, even Christian Kirk, uh, 
Uh, those guys went in that round right before me, and I'm left with Sammy Watkins and Dee Dee Westbrook. And here's the other part. When you're drafting this team live at SiriusXM, they take the guys in and they talk to you online, live on air about your draft. As they're talking to me, my picks come up for Sammy Watkins 6 and 7, Sammy Watkins and Dee Westbrook. Well, some picks happened while I was talking and didn't realize. So I call. I'm like, oh, good, Alshon Jeffrey. And they're like, nope, sorry, he's taken. Then I called somebody else. Nope, he's taken. I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me. So all of a sudden now you're like, you're not sitting in front of your computer. You don't have your list with you. And now you're going, okay, who do I have next? Who's highs? Who's available? So that's where I wound up. I probably took D.D. Westbrook a little bit earlier than what I should have. Um, but I think that he's going to be a solid wide receiver three with some upside this year. And hindsight, based on his performance so far this preseason, I think you have to be pleased to have him on your roster. Absolutely. I, I am. Absolutely. I just would have liked more value on it, that's all. But I, I didn't think that I could take that risk at that point. Well, it's interesting you mentioned Tyler Lockett. Uh, I actually did a redraft league, one of my longest uh, standing leagues. has been around for nearly 25 years now on this past Friday. And I, too, just missed out on Tyler Lockett. Uh, I had him a uh, chance to get him in the fourth round, and I would have probably – taking him as wide receiver, you know, about 15 at that point. Um, because of that, I got forced to take uh, Amari Cooper as my wide receiver one, which, uh, I mean, he's hurt right now too, which is going to hurt, but uh, I, I think he's still got some value there. But again, getting back to your team here, uh, are you concerned at all that you only have one quarterback and that he's struggled at least at the start of camp no you know me I'm not I'm not, I'm not concerned in the least um, I think Garoppolo is actually one of those guys that's a good value he's just look his first preseason game that he was back is the first time he played since he tore the ACL so since the injury um, you have to expect some rust and stuff like that he looked good in his last game right um, exactly and, and guess what if he does falter it's deep there's guys on the on the waiver wire there's I was shocked at how many people took backup quarterbacks in this league because that usually doesn't happen so I expect some of those guys to hit waivers when they realize I need a roster spot for an injury replacement or something like that um, it, so I'm not concerned about it. I mean one of the teams has three quarterbacks Cam Newton Drew Brees and, and Josh Allen he's not going to sit, sit on all three of those quarterbacks all year long now, you drafted two of my favorite deep, deep sleepers to fill out your wide receiver core, uh, Trey Quinn and Jamison Crowder. Can you tell me a little bit about your thinking picking those two guys? Yeah, Crowder's another one where I probably went a little earlier on him than I should have because, again, he's one of my sleepers too. I think we see Darnold make big strides this year. Crowder and him, everything you hear out of camp, have a good rapport going on. Um, and you've got Robbie Anderson to help take some of that pressure off, and Crowder works underneath well, so that's what I like about him. In Washington, the quarterback situation's a little unnerving, but Trey Quinn very well could lead that team in receptions this year. Um, I also like Trent Taylor in San Francisco. Now, of course, the injury kind of hampers that a little bit, but he's another guy that I'm really high on um, late in drafts that could wind up leading, leading his team in receptions also. That's barely getting drafted, if at all. Did you notice uh, in this expert format any weird trends that go against what uh, our regular listeners might see in their home redraft leagues? Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing is usually you don't see quarterbacks going off the board early in, in the expert drafts. I was shocked to see Mahomes go off in round three and Watson in round, I'm sorry, round four and then Watson in five. I thought those were a little bit early, but, you know, with everything else going, then you go another round and no quarterbacks come off the board. Um, 
that's the biggest thing that I think you see with the expert leagues is that, you know, one, quarterbacks are going to go a little later, and two, in an expert league, you cannot wait for your sleeper. You have to go get him. Otherwise, you're going to miss him. Now, you said that you need to start a defense in this league. Yes. Uh, when's the uh, first? De- when was the first defense taken by the experts? So that would have actually been me. Um, going into round 15, it's a 16-round draft. I'm at, so I get the round 14, 15 turn, right? I know mm-hmm. that there's plenty of quarterbacks that I can wait. So I'm not worried about taking my quarterback in 15. I'm going to take him with my last pick. I did not see Winston Goff, Prescott, and Roethlisberger and Allen all coming off in round 15 and 16. But I still didn't care because Garoppolo was there. What I thought about was because of my team and because of the injuries with A.J. Green, the suspension of Golden Tate, the possible holdout of Melvin Gordon, I needed to be able to put a defense on the board that I don't have to think about. My number one defense probably would have been the Bears or the Jaguars. But I took the Chargers when I did before the, the Derwin James injury because they have a late, late buy. I don't have to worry about yes. dropping and picking up a team. I could just put them in and forget about them. But I went early. I started the defensive run because otherwise I would have got all the leftovers. And I figured just go ahead and get the one that you want that's one of the higher-ranked teams with a late buy. I absolutely agree with that. I've done the same in pretty much all my redraft formats. Uh, if you've got a kicker that you have to draft, Look at good kickers on good teams with late buys, guys like Harrison Butker yep. of Kansas City. But look at good defenses like the Chargers you can get. They have a week 12 buy also. So, again, just kind of set and forget. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to waste a waiver pick on that spot until you get to that point, uh, barring some sort of crazy, ridiculous happening with the kicker position maybe. But, again, uh, kicker, defense, even quarterback to some extent, if you, if you kind of punch the quarterback position – if you get one quarterback that happens to have a late bye, you could probably just go with that one quarterback unless an injury happens. Yeah. I mean, I've got Garoppolo. He was quarterback 18 um, as my starter with the last pick of the draft. And you'll notice we did not draft kickers. We kicked the kicker. And if you have a league that has them, you should do the same. Exactly. Kickers. kickers I mean, I, I, I love Harrison Buck kicker. Uh, I love Justin Tucker. Uh, if you're drafting, those two are obviously my one, two. Greg the leg, uh, Zorline, probably number three. Mike Badgley with the Chargers, another good kicker to take just because, uh, again, good offense, late by. Otherwise, uh, you know, if, you, if you're not taking one of those four, don't bother with a kicker before your last pick. So if that's going to be it, what I'll say with my flex team, I've got plenty of, like, ugh, I wish I kind of could have gone a different way with hindsight. But I'll also say if I can get through the first four to five weeks of the season at two and two, two and three. I like how my team looks because A.J. Green, Golden Tate, they get on the field and you're putting them up there for the final eight weeks of the regular season. That's pretty nice one-two punch. So aside from your team, who's going to win the Flex League this year? Oh, I didn't even look at these other teams, if you want me to be honest with you. Um, <sighs> Eric Young, went. he went three running backs to start the, start this thing too, and then he had... He had to have his, you know, he likes his Tennessee Titans, and he missed out on, on getting Derrick Henry, so he wasn't very happy about that. Um, I honestly think that Chris Raybon has a really solid team. He's got O.J. Howard as his number one tight end from in round five, which I love. He did take Adam Thielen as his wide receiver, too, and maybe it's splitting hairs. I just like Diggs better. Um, so, you know, but he's got 
Keenan Allen and Thielen, and he's got Kamara and Carson, and then O.J. Howard. That's a tough five. He does have Lamar Miller, so he's got a, an injury spot there that'll have to fill. Um, I, I like his team, but all these guys are sharp. There, there's no one that I'll say, oh, he's not. He has no chance at all right now. Um, you know, just look at Michael Beller, the Athletic. Odell Beckham, Gurley, Cooper, Ingram, Allen Robinson, Alshon Jeffrey, Darius Geis. I, you know, there's there's a lot of good teams. So I'll be fortunate if I can win this league again. My fingers are crossed, and hopefully these guys get back into camp. The other guys get healthy. Somebody else doesn't get suspended again, and we go see what can happen. Well, I, I kind of feel bad for Brandon Funston with the Athletic. Of course, he's got Andrew Luck on his team. Uh, he also has Marlon Mack, so... You're probably going to lose a little uh, talent and a little bit of sleep over that whole situation. But fortunately for him, he did take Dak Prescott as his second quarterback. And we talked about Dak, obviously, yeah. a lot during the quarterback portion of the show here. So, again, that just shows you how deep the quarterback position is. You can lose Andrew Luck and still be competitive. Oh, Last yeah. year in a redraft league, I drafted Le'Veon Bell in the first round. Yep. I made my championship game. I've had Jamal Charles as a first-round pick when he tore his ACL and missed a whole year and, and went, I think I went on to the championship game. So yeah, you don't lose, you, you don't lose a draft or a, a league in any point in your draft. Honestly, um, it's a long grind. The draft is part of the entire formula. Um, I will say this. I put a waiver request in for um, Jacoby Brissett on August 19th, um, August 19th, before this information came out and the waivers haven't processed yet. I'm not going to say what league yet. Um, and I doubt that I'll get him now because of this. Um, but I do know that Indy is high on him. I don't actually think we'll see Mac suffer too much from it. Um, it might cost him a win here or there, but I still think that T.Y. Hilton and Mac will be solid plays. Well, and for me at least, I've been uh, pushing the Twitter narrative of the Indianapolis Colts trading for Nick Mullins. Oh, okay. Um, that won't happen because they really do like Brissett. And Brissett, if he does well, is going to get paid because he's scheduled to be a free agent um, next March. I was going to say, and certainly they could decide to keep him. Or if he doesn't perform well, obviously they'll have a high enough pick where they can get one of the rookie quarterbacks this coming year. Yep. Or perhaps go after a guy like Teddy Bridgewater, who's also going to be a free agent. Correct. Plenty of options, that's for sure. Um, anything to add before we say, look, next week we're going to be doing a show that tells you who to start in week one. How is it ready the first week of the season? I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, so, I mean, there's really no football to watch this week. It's the fourth week of the preseason, uh, with the exception of maybe the Josh Rosen, Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, battle for the chance to get sacked 20 times a game in Miami. <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing really to watch. No one that actually is going to matter is going to play next week. So, you know, just pay attention to the radio dials. Pay attention to the TV dials. Pay attention to great websites like thehuddle.com. That's right. And prep yourself for this uh, upcoming draft. And we'll have plenty of DFS for people when the season gets here, too. That, that much I'll say. We're gonna, I'm sure we'll, we'll go right back to our, our play stays and stay aways or whatever the hell we call that stuff. Hey, we want you to make money. That's right. Well, listen. I want everybody to make sure if you have any questions or whatever, you can follow and hit Harley up on Twitter at Nuclear Harley. You can also follow me on Twitter at Steve Gallo NFL. And as Harley said, 
um, thehuddle.com. Great resource. If you're not a subscriber, do it. It's not that much coin, and it'll just make you that much better of a fantasy player and hopefully set you up to win your league. Um, and as always, you know, make sure you go to iTunes, rate us, review us, and all that good stuff. And until next week, get Blitz Responsible. Cheers. <laughs>